Thank you for joining us for this chapel message from the campus of Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Our mission at CIU is to educate people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. So good to see everybody, all my friends. I, I have to start out by saying I've, I've never had a happier time in my life than the time that I spent out here at CIU. It was such a peaceful place and there were times because of the work that I do as a, my civilian life as an energy and environmental attorney that I just needed peace. And when I wasn't in class, I would just come out and sit because I knew here I would find God. So what an honor to be able to come share my faith and talk a little bit about. It's a heavy burden speaking on Veterans Day because I feel like I speak on behalf of a number of people who were far better than me, uh, had far more meaningful experiences in our military, many of whom uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice. So it's a, it's a little bit humbling and heavy that I greet you today. This is a very important day. I welcome those of you who are veterans, uh, for those of you who are sons and daughters of veterans, for those of you who are not from this country, I welcome you, because here you will find this, this truly is the beacon of opportunity. And I'm going to spend a little bit of time this morning talking about the formation because the secular world would have us be embarrassed about our roots in faith. And we are a country deeply rooted in faith. So thank you for allowing me to be with you today. And I would tell you a little funny story as I get started. I'd, I spent 12 years part time in seminary and I think they finally gave me a degree just to get rid of me. Uh, and I'd waited many, many weeks uh, and now a couple of years to be asked to help officiate a wedding. And this past weekend, I was honored to be able to officiate a wedding. So excited about being down there. It was going to be on the beach with one of my former TAs and should have had my chaplain with me when I did this because I needed the Lord. I was really uptight and I went up the steps to go on the, uh, out on the beach. And as I came down steps just like this, I missed the first one, and so I rolled into the formation. And when I got to the bottom, my, uh, my wife greeted me with a great deal of concern and laughter. Uh, so I'd, I'm glad I was able to get up these steps without uh, too much harm to me or to you. And so let me take a moment and, and comment on walking up steps. I'm going to come off uh, my remarks a little bit because I want to share with you uh, a little bit about my experience in the military. When I was born, my mother said I looked like a pretzel. I had extremely deformed feet and legs, and they, uh, the doctors assured my mother and father that I would never walk. And my, my father was a War II veteran, and, and he wasn't an apologist for anything. He just was the kind of guy that you just take what God gave you, and you make the most of it. And all I ever really wanted to be, and I never was, by the way, if there are any Marines in the house, was a Marine. And I had, uh, was lucky enough to get past the first medical inspection by standing in the back of a, of a formation. And I was on my way in 1980 to uh, Quantico for a, a camp PLC where they divided up the camp between your junior and senior year in college. And a young Navy doctor pulled me out of line and asked me about the scars that I have on my legs. And that became, that was the beginning of a very long process for me because he medically disqualified me from serving in the military. 
took me 10 years in the support of some great South Carolinians to get me in. And I share that as I get started because I really want to focus a little bit about never give up. Never give up. God gave each of us a burning passion inside. And for those of you who honored the call that will be the nature of my remarks today, I simply say never give up. I've gone on, I've summited about 25 mountains around the world, and in doing that, it's often an emotional experience. Because I know that in doing that, I'm following the passion the Lord gave me. My, my passions are in the outdoors. And I simply share that with you as I get started to say, never give up on your passion. I'd like to thank my chaplain and good friend, Carrie Snelling, who's still in. He joined us today from Fort Jackson to be here to, to help me during this time. And the videos, wow, how powerful. Jesus was born on the other side of the sea. And the words in there, Dan, I just wish you would have sung it. The angel, he and I have, and Andre and others have, we created a new trail along the coast and had a wonderful time hiking together. And it was beautiful to be able to enjoy that time with Dr. Smith and my prayers every day go out to him and all that he's doing here at the university. So let me start by saying uh, thank you again for the invitation to join you for this wonderful celebration. For those of you who are not from South Carolina, you may not know that freedom was won right here, like right in the vicinity of the dirt that we stand on. We had more battles in South Carolina for freedom than the rest of the country combined. Not more than North Carolina or more than Georgia or more than Virginia or more than North New York, but more than all of the rest right here. And it was a burning passion for freedom that led men and women just like you to fight the mightiest army on the earth at that time. So here we are. My marks today will concern honor answering the call. The veterans that are in this room and that we'll be celebrating around answered the call to serve others for their state and nation. A call that often means long nights and early mornings. I tell people it's really funny about the military. They got these things called orders. And it's, it's a pretty descriptive term. You do what you're told to do. And it requires selflessness, compassion, but strength and courage. A call that could have meant and did mean death and dismemberment. A call that required bravery beyond most understanding and concurrent with love of brother and sister in the military. At no time in history of this country is this call more important than today. We each have answered the call in our own way for the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Secular society would have you believe that answering the call for our Lord and protecting our Christian values is abhorrent to our democratic republic. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that. We start with our First Amendment to the Constitution, a cornerstone of our Bill of Rights that reflects a very different reality. And this is one of these issues where people want to race beyond sort of a yeah, but. No, this is foundational to this country. It provides that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Religion was in the First Amendment of our Constitution. 
These two separate clauses, the Establishment Clause and Free Exercise, were enacted to protect those fundamental human rights which are so foundational to our ideals of our nation. An examination of the history of our faith and religion within the United States of America. So go to the first commander, the first veteran of our great country, George Washington, who ordered in the earliest days of our formation, ordered a chaplain for each regiment of our fledgling Continental Army, because in his words, the blessing and protection of heaven are at all times necessary, but especially so in times of public distress and danger. And what I would tell you that no time since then has it been more important to inject and embed these Christian values back into our society and, and fight for them. Because what I'll tell you today is if we don't fight for them today, our children, our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren will indeed have to fight for them. Religious rights and protections have been hard fought and occupy a special place in the United States Constitution under this First Amendment. As evangelicals, we have answered the call since before the official formation of our nation. As you may know, the, world, the word evangelical relates back to the Greek noun euangelion, which means glad tidings, good news, or gospel, the last of which goes back to the old English word for God talk. It is this good news that inspired, framed, and built the United States of America and served as the foundation for corporate and business principles across this country. It is these principles that these veterans have fought for to maintain. We are a religious people, the United States Supreme Court said. The American exper experiment is one rooted and born out of religious precepts. It is no surprise that the First Amendment of the United States Constitution and the first protections set forth speak directly to these freedoms and protections. While there may have been attempts to marginalize these broad protections, we are a religious people. This is our foundation. This is who we are. Our systems of government are well-rooted in the values of Judeo-Christian and Judeo-Christian values. The framers of our Constitution carefully considered the nature and extent of the religious protections before final language as they were forming our country. Reflecting on this uh, really tremendous task, Alexander Hamilton, who wrote in the Federalist Papers, the most considerable of the remaining objections to ratification was that there was no Bill of Rights. So I want to speak to that for a moment, the Bill of Rights. It's there where we first find evidence of just exactly how deeply embedded religious and religious freedoms and protections is in our country. The framers enveloped that important safeguards of individual liberties and, and religious protections contained within the rights from the Magna Carta or Great Charter, which had been fought for for hundreds of years that came to us from England. To understand the deep correlation of these rights with religious freedoms and examination of the introductory language of the Magna Carta. We move right by this as we see things going on in our society today as if it doesn't matter. It does matter. This is the foundation upon which this country was built. In the introductory language of the Magna Carta, it says, 
know that before God, for the health in our soul and those of our ancestors and heirs to the honor of God, the exaltation of the Holy Church and the better ordering of our kingdom, the protections contemplated within. These are the words that we built this country on. And yet secular society would have us move beyond that. Have to apologize for our evangelical, for our beliefs in Jesus Christ, as you heard about in these hymns. Thus is as plain from the reading of the Magna Carta, no further than the introductory language. It's a religious instrument concerned with the health of the soul and with the honor of God and with the exaltation of the Holy Church. The signing of the Magna Carta was viewed as an achievement for Christian values over pagan concepts, the same battle that we see in our society today. To the bishops gathered at Runnymede, which is where they where they signed this document. The signing of the Magna Carta represented nothing less than the culmination of centuries-long war between the pagan and the Christian concepts of law and power. The Magna Carta was issued in June 1215 and was the first document that recognized and cemented the belief in Jesus Christ and our religious values as part of the foundation of our government. That, that Magna Carta is the first 10 amendments our Constitution. The victory for England and thus for the United States of America through the Bill of Rights was a resounding success for religious rights. The underlying foundation upon which the Bill of Rights was based upon the long fought and considered protections of the church with these words, undiminished and its liberties unimpaired. We must all answer the call to protect these religious freedoms before they are slowly stripped away from the United States of America. Scripture exhorts in Isaiah 6, 8, that I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here, I, here am I, send me. That's the voice of the veterans that we are here today to celebrate. With pride, fear, and anxiousness, excitement, each answered the call of the grateful nation. Together we gather with our others across the country to honor these great military veterans of the United States. One of the great military strategists, Carl Philip Gottfried von Clausewitz, discussed military tactics. And in it, he ended with an overreaching, overarching thesis of his war with Trinity. His Trinity may be different than our Holy Trinity, but was a reminder to meet our enemy, the devil, with strength and determination. Jesus answered the call for each of us. His strength, his courage, compassion, and selflessness is seen clearly in the last 24 hours of his life. His last lessons before returning to heaven gave evidence to the love that he had for humanity. While we answer the call of our Savior Jesus Christ, each of us in some way or another seeks peace. And life is often a matter of perspective. Abraham Lincoln reflected on this when he said, we can complain because rose bushes have thorns or rejoice because thorn bushes have roses. What is going to be our perspective? I pray, I pray earnestly every morning on my knees for the revival of the Holy Spirit through which we will all find peace that goes beyond man's understanding. So let us begin with the knowledge described in 1 John 4, 16, that the love God has for us. God is love. 
That word has been stolen out of the out of the conversation in the public square and turned by Hollywood into something else. But I can tell you that love is what brings us together. Love is what brings veterans together. In the sight of, of danger and dismemberment and death, love is what brings us there. And for those of you who, who know veterans, who are veterans, you know that it's the, it's the strength of that love that's embedded with us that takes you into harm's way. The Lord changes our view of the world. He gives us peace no matter the circumstances. The Apostle Paul explained in Philippians 4, 7 that the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. This is a peace that many of us search for a lifetime and deprive ourselves. When I turned my life over to the Lord and accepted the word, I began to experience the peace that he brings in the words of the psalmist came alive in my life when he exclaimed in Psalm 37 that he shall give you the desires of your heart. I spent much of my life with religion that could best be described, giving me the benefit of the doubt as nothing more than an insurance policy. I didn't want to be right, but I didn't want to live the life. And what I found is the closer I became, the deeper I moved in my spiritual journey, I found real happiness, real happiness. I began to see the world differently, the beauty of the creation that walked by. And I had often failed to notice the blessings all around me, like each of you. My desires changed and my view of success with them changed. In fact, our capacity to discern certain things is a gift from God. And thank you for your comments about me. I am simply a broken soul and believer in Jesus Christ. All those things on a page mean absolutely nothing to me if I don't have the love of Jesus Christ in my life. Because no accomplishment, none, can give you happiness and peace like your faith in Jesus that we're all here to talk about. The living and loving Holy Spirit is alive in each of us. As we embrace the Holy Spirit and live in communion with Him, we find greater peace than we could imagine. The book of Amos says that can two walk together except they be agreed? We find that as we answer the call to live consistent with our faith in the Holy Spirit, we find a deep reservoir of peace and happiness. In Genesis, we read, Jacob served seven more years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. I remember going through <laughs> OCS and some other things that only lasted a few weeks. And yet I thought it was the end of the world. Seven years. What kind of person would see seven years as hard work as a, few, as a mere few days? Someone who's working to his or her dream. The people who listened to Jesus were so drawn to his peace, courage, and wisdom that they thought, I must have what he has. When we see a person who's really deeply in love with our Lord, you find and you see a deeper sense of peace and profound happiness that you must have. So let me walk through a couple things here. I just want to simply say my spiritual journey continues along with other veterans that we come in contact with, and I seek the Lord's assistance with all that I do. As you leave today, I hope you will join others across the country to answer the call, and I'm going to leave you with just a few points. The first is be bold. Be bold. The truth is, if I wouldn't have been determined to follow my passions, I would, have, I would have greeted you today in the wheelchair where I spent most of my youth. 
and where most people who have what I was born with in that wheelchair. Don't let anybody tell you no. The Lord has a plan for you. Never accept mediocrity when the Lord has blessed you with so much. You could be the best in the world in whatever you do, so never settle for anything less. Solomon said in Proverbs 28.1 that the wicked flee when no one is pursuing them, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Be bold as a lion as you step out. Move forward with your life with purpose and in harmony with the Lord and be bold as you pursue your God-given blessings. Paul exhorted in Ephesians that in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in Him. So move forward boldly with faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Be strong. This also means strong enough to love. Love strong. Love your family every day. Love your neighbor. Love like yourself. In the first epistle of Peter, the apostle Peter reminded us, now that you have purified yourself by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. And love those less fortunate. Do something every day to make somebody happy. And if you really want to see some reaction, tell them you love them. Tell them you love them. Most folks are not ready for that. And the first couple times you do it, if you haven't done it, it's going to feel kind of weird. I can remember the last couple years that I was in command of a lot of soldiers that I would stand up and tell them I loved them. And it was a little awkward to get started with because they weren't, nobody is used to being told that they're, everybody needs to hear that. It changes them. It's the spirit of God coming out and they'll hear it and they'll respond to it. Love those less fortunate. Love those who you think don't deserve it. Love them anyway, because he loved us. This may not always be easy, and you'll be faced with many challenges, but be strong. To be sure, every hero in Scripture, every single one of them, without exception, overcame obstacles and opposition. Answer the Lord's call. You will meet challenges and some that might seem insurmountable. Answer the call to go forward and be strong as you make our world a better place. Be strong and know that by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong. Be kind. Never let your ambitions strip away your kindness. No amount of worldly success will give you the happiness that helping out and giving to another will provide. Find that balance. It's the real challenge in life. Add value to other people. Every day, these acts of kindnesses will feed your soul in ways that you can't imagine. And remember as you move forward that when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us, not because of our righteous things we had done, but merely because of His mercy. So go forward and show mercy and kindness to those who touch us each day. The Apostle Paul encourages us in his epistle to the, that as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be thoughtful. As you move forward with your spiritual journey, concentrate on the challenges and opportunities 
Many of you are students today. Time will be your predator. Use it wisely. Make a plan. It's in Scripture. Build your life on your faith and be unyielding in the foundation. Stay focused and let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. And finally, remember to continue to answer the call of our Lord. Remain consistent, tenacious, focused on your goals. In Proverbs, Solomon said in 12:28, in the ways of the righteousness, righteousness there is life. Along the path is immortality. These ancient paths of righteousness are given to you out of God's marvelous love and mercy. So I urge you today to follow your dreams, your passions, and the blessings that the Lord has bestowed upon you. Thank you once again for answering the call, each of you, for being here. Move forward with the blessings of our Lord to bring strength, love, and humility to our nation as we confront the great challenges of our nation today. So finally, I'd like to leave you the words of Winston Churchill when they were facing... Good? Okay. <laughs> I, you know, sometimes Virginia Ann says, don't come off script because I'll talk all day. <laughs> These are the words that were spoken at a dire time in the world's history as, as England and the world were facing Nazi Germany. Winston Churchill stood up and he said these words, and I leave you. Let these words burn in your memory for the challenge that you face. Never give in. Never give in. Never, 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 never in nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in except to the convictions of honor and good sense. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. We hope you found this message a blessing to your life. More Columbia International University Chapel messages are available at iTunes and at podcast.ciu.edu. Learn more about CIU's undergraduate, seminary, and graduate programs at our website, ciu.edu. Columbia International University educates people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to minister to you today.